everyone, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you here by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the Chief of Serial and Sigilite of the FLG. Uh, Nikki D. Cannon, who just disappeared. There he is, Flannel Flan and producer extraordinaire. And I'm Seth the Mad Doc, your competitive correspondent. Guys, how have you been doing? Doing swell. If you are listening to our podcast, please consider watching us live every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We can share our hobby progress. If you're watching, you get to see this stuff. Here, let's bring in my hobby progress. I'm I'm really proud. I have, yes. Do you know what those are? Do you know what those are, Seth? What what do those look like to you? They are crude, but they are actually Tanith Ghost. They are Ah. my Gaunt's Ghost squad. I thought that the Gaunt's Ghost in in the new codex have like completely just random rules that that I love. Like they're so different than anything else in the codex. I'm like, why use boring old humans when I can use these kick-ass crude Because that's heretical. (laughs) I love like my mercenaries. They're cool. I got to paint like some different like hair stuff thing going on there. Where's an Inquisitor when you need one? Yeah, right. Oh, geez. Uh, Yeah, those are are my crude using the, the... I guess the kin band, whatever they're called from yeah. kill team. So so big kill fan team, of that. Right? Yeah. Kill team, kill team. I'm a big fan of those models. So I wanted to use them. So yeah, just, just finished those up this afternoon and they will be hitting the table this weekend for my first tourney in like a couple months. So very, nice. very excited. Yeah. Uh, guys. Oh yeah. If you're in chat, please, uh, you, you can, you can tell me your thoughts on my paint job. I put a lot tell of time into this. Heretical he is. I'm not heretical. I'm not. A, they're mercenaries. We're just using them. We're sending them to die. Everyone in chat agrees with me. Everyone in chat. Shut up, chat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Seth. Real quick. Yeah. What do you think? Are there enough bright colors in kicker's paint job? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he tried with the quills to be a little bit brighter with the right. yellow, but you right. know, kind of there's like a little there. turquoise, like jewelry on there. Like it's very little, but it's, it's on there. I promise. I promise. I right. wanted to call it out that, Hey, any, any progress, no matter how big or small should be celebrated. So Kicker, we okay. are, Fair we enough. are proud of you for some <laughs> personal growth. Your gems and yellow quills. He sounds like my math teachers, basically, you know, going from yeah. like, uh, yeah, like you got the problem wrong, but you tried. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Well, thank you. Nikki D, Seth, what have you been up to this weekend? I know that you had a a, a big project uh, that you yeah. Up. So, so I you know I, I showed it off before. I, I have a, a a little Mad Doc sculpt made for three D printing. Well, I decided that I really wanted to kind of push the limits of three D printing after our discussion last episode, and so I decided to try to print the largest print I could do on my machine in a single go. So this. I scaled up my Mad Doc model to four hundred percent. And if those of you that have met me in person, I I am a fairly large man and my hands are not so small. <laughs> and that is uh, my Mad Doc compared to my hand. There were a few hiccups in the process. That was actually the third attempt at printing him. Um, but I definitely, you know, I, I had to troubleshoot the machine and learn a little bit, but now I've, I've tackled a model um, of that scale. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with how he came out. There's like one little imperfection in his claw that, you know, if you don't know, if I didn't tell you, you, you wouldn't know, but otherwise I'm happy with it. So uh, I'm going to start working on that. Not next week though, because I am preparing for a work trip. Um, I leave Friday morning and I get back next Thursday. So I'm going to be gone next week. Um, so no hobbying for me for, for the next uh, week or so. Um, but, uh, after that, you'll see me getting back in the swing of things. Uh, Nikki D, what have you been up to? I mentioned last week that I was going to be on, on work travel and I was, I kicker. I think my work is only sending me to locations where FLG has events. I was in Vegas two <laughs> weeks ago this past week. I was in San Diego, oh, which I, I love. So that was, that was great. Uh, but yeah, I was out there with travel for about five days. So that meant no hobby progress. However, guys, 
last week I noted that I was probably going to watch John Wick 4, Chapter 4, mm-hmm. on the flight, either to or from San Diego. I did watch John Wick 4 yesterday on my flight home. All I right. liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was it was Good. great. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves. I love I love all the John Wick movies. Was not my favorite. Just like a couple weeks ago when I talked about Mission Impossible, the latest movie, not my favorite, but was still good, was still fun, had a great time with it. So I'm okay with uh, I'm okay with that. And then uh, this morning I started watching Foundation. What is on that? Apple TV. What is that? You don't what know is... about Foundation, no, Seth? Do you know uh, about Foundation? All right, Foundation. I don't no, know no, it's TV. you mean Silo? Oh, okay. You mean Silo? No, Foundation. It's <laughs> one of so it's actually one of like the oldest and most recognized um, sci-fi book series. Okay. And um, and but they they have a season. Well, a couple. It, it's written by Isaac Asimov, so one of the most prolific sci-fi yeah, yeah. writers. Um, but yeah, this was this an old uh, old book series. Apple did season one of it uh, maybe two years ago, and I absolutely loved it. Um, season two started earlier this year, so I've been checking that out. Cool. So I'm I'm coming along. We have to you know explore something really fast and, and chat. Feel free to chime in as well. Nikki D, Seth, both of you mentioned work trips recently. I don't know if you're traveling with colleagues from work or, or, or not, but but Seth, you first. Do, do your work people, do your colleagues, your peers, do they know that you have this deep, dark secret that is 40K geekiness? Like, do, do, do oh, yeah. people know yeah. that this is your, okay, this is what you do yeah, when you go I, I fly that particular flag. Yeah. Um, my my work keychain, Yeah. I have like my personal keychain and then I have like all my work keys. My work keychain, I have a Space Marine on oh, because yeah. I'm 95% certain that if I leave my keys somewhere, no one else has a Space Marine on a keychain. <laughs> and then like my my work cup that I like carry around and always drink is like a Warzone Atlanta cup. Oh, perfect. Because again, no one else is going to have that. Much, <laughs> no so, one's drinking yeah. out of your coffee. Uh, Nikki D, what about you? Do do your peers have any no. idea what you didn't know? Oh, yeah. they. If anything, I probably overshare about okay, it, I'm cool. being honest. Yeah. yeah, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very open. But I, I work for a tech company, guys. Yeah. And I mean, kicker, how many times at an FLG event were you just talking with people and, hey, what do you do? And there's people who work for this, that. Yeah. A lot of people who work, work for tech companies are general nerds. So, I mean, so there's, cool. there's a number of people in my company that do not actively play Warhammer. But they they did as a kid, or you know, even I had one of my coworkers asking me about Warhammer Warhammer Plus. Oh, cool. and like, hey, hey, is it worth it just for me to to buy that just to watch you know some of the stuff? And and just right now, Warhammer Plus, if you're not aware, has a has a bunch of their shows that is that are free to access yes. and watch. So, so I sent him a link for that. Where like, hey, you know, go check it out, check out some of the stuff. Um, and even I've sent him some of uh, you know some of the streams as it goes to War Games Live. We're like, hey, are you interested in Warhammer and seeing what it's like to play live? So I'm I'm very open about it. Um, my background when I'm when I'm on video for my work job, my my display cabinet with my miniatures are there as well. So, <laughs> so sometimes, people know. People, oh people yeah, know. sometimes last be like, you know, what what's that thing? Can you can you show that? So I get into a lot of specifics with it. Yeah, at Frontline Gaming, obviously everyone knows we all play 40K, but I'm pretty sure that you have to, like that's part of your requirement is you have to be a fan of tabletop wargaming. I think there's like one guy that works in the back of the warehouse, maybe one guy that also works in production that like don't give a damn about tabletop wargaming, but pretty much everyone else uh, lives and breathes this stuff. So so that is a requirement to join us. Uh, we're, t- we're talking about Warhammer Plus. Before we talk about Warhammer Plus, I want to go to some other industry news, starting off with this MetaWatch that was released. Seth, this is more your, your level of... Uh, expertise here do you want to mm-hmm. give us a quick you know tldr on the on the recent meta watch regarding 40k yeah so they they released kind of updated uh faction win percentages unfortunately not a significant change from before the the july faqs um 
they had some data that they released early on in July. So <clears throat> I think at, particularly after their event in Tacoma, um, they had released the Meta uh, Watch. So not a big change, um, even with the changes to uh, Fate Dice and to uh, a few FAQs and points changes, like for towering units getting points changes. Um, so it, it doesn't look like too much of a shift. They did say that uh, points and balancing are coming after Nova in September. Um, and, and they did point out some of the, the lower performing factions can probably look forward to some sort of bump up. Um, it'd be interesting to see kind of what that, that bump takes a shape as, because, uh, so far minus the, the fate dice change, they really haven't touched rules changes yeah, um, between that. I think it's just fate dice. And then the GSC have to come within three inch of their blips. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they do maybe a wider rules adjustment or if it's mostly just points adjustments. Um, but they are definitely keeping an eye on that and watching that data. And hopefully uh, come September, we've had, you know, uh, LSO, Tacoma, WTC, Nova. Um, so we will have a, a good amount of large events. Yeah. To yeah, redraw that data. You're right, Seth. The, the, the primary, I guess tools they've been using right now to adjust armies is, is points and, and unit size really so yep. i know they did unit size but yeah and unit size unfortunately with the way they've written the points edition doesn't give us too much flexibility yeah. it's basically uh multiples of of <laughs> box boxes yeah it's either <laughs> yeah. you know one box two box uh you know or if you have a box it's like a few guys in a character you know there's a little bit of funky numbers there yeah. but it is generally kind of uh more uh, blocks that you're you're buying in so um, it'll be interesting to see how you know they because they've experimented with some some interesting points things that i think they could do um so if you go look at how the points are broken down right now kicker um, can you do guardsman units of 20 you can you can so if you look at the points the points per model on a 10 man unit versus a 20 man unit is the exact same identical and you get two sergeants in the squad yeah. so uh but if you go back to ninth edition tau um, where they could take multiple guns on the same uh, crisis suit, they had an escalating point per gun cost. Oh. So like the first gun was five points, the second gun was 10 points, the third gun was 15 points. So they might, you know, part of a way they could look at balancing is saying, hey, I'm going to pick on the guard squad, not that it's an actually a broken unit, but sake of argument, let's say the first 10 guardsmen you buy are this points, and the second one, the points per model go up. Yeah. So now the squad costs more than just buying two separate small squads. And from a buff standpoint, that makes it a bit harder to buff up the super unit. Yeah. So, you the know, the like, last you, keyword is doing a really good job of keeping units down. Like it is a yeah. nice counter. But like, but like I, I a 10 man desolator squad right yeah. now, you put a character in yeah. there. Um, I forget the exact name of the rule, but basically they get critical hits on five. So they get yeah. exploding fives. And so you do a 10 man because you want as many guns. What's like, they could do something where it's like the five man is, is still the base points, but the 10 man is maybe, you know, like a 150% cost. So it's like, yes, you could still do a 10 man, but you're going to pay a lot more. Yeah. Um, oh, good, good, good. Is this chat calling this out or is this Nikki D? I can't see. I see our that, notes popping Nikki up there. D. Nikki D, uh, you should, you, you want to chime in? You, this is your, this is your, your you, you, you make this comment. This is great. Oh yeah. So one, well, it's really kind of two, two, two items to some degree, but, um, as it goes for scaling, Seth, you're talking about points and, and unit size, but ninth edition, we also had some stratagems that had scaling cost. Yeah. So yep. if a unit is a certain size, it's one command point. But it's let's say like a unit of um, 
Uh, I know this exists for Death Guard uh, as an example in ninth, where if you have unit of Terminators, uh, a, a five uh, or, or below, a like five or below, it's one command point. You get like yep. six or higher, it goes to two command points, yep. right? You need to spend more of a resource to do that. Or um, this was when it was power level for some of the things, right? Where, hey, if, if a unit, right, using a stratagem for, let's say, Eldari, using a stratagem for Phantasm on Warp Spiders versus yeah, a Wraith Knight, totally right? I like it. Those, should, those, those are parts where I have no inclination to say, hey, what Games Workshop is going to do, but that is a mechanic from 9th edition for scaling and, and fairness that I would actually like to see brought into 10th a little bit. That's really um, cool. I, I like that. Be, I like that. It would be pretty easily done, so we'll see. So we're, you know, we don't know what they're going to do with the rules, but we're getting some teasers about what they're doing with Warmer Plus. A new season starts on August 25th. There's some new shows. Necron, Space Marine, Sisters of Battle, Chaos Knights, those have all been teased. We've got nothing about Age of Sigmar teased, which is kind of weird because Age of Sigmar's got a real renaissance going on right now, so I'm kind of surprised. Third anniversary minis. We've saw them silhouettes. You know, we've got those little teasers there. Um, guys, I got goosebumps. I'm pretty sure that was a guard. It looked like a like like definitely looked like a hell gun right there. It, right? it definitely struck me as a tempestus. A tempestus scion, or maybe of a some character. sort. Like, you it, know, the it could be a character. Yeah. It could be a it, some sort of of elite stormtrooper look. Oh my gosh! And what, what do you guys think for uh, Age of Sigmar? Did, did you did you see that silhouette? What did you think? No, I I think it it's is Age of Sigmar. Be, I can tell you that it is. I think it's a soul. I think it's going to be a soul soul blight grave lord oh, okay. the, the vampire and yeah, everything yeah. else okay. that. Okay. There's, there's some folks that have pointed out it could be it could be a number of variety of things but it looks like it's holding a sword and then some sort of cup or chalice yeah which the cup or chalice to me says vampire drinking yeah. you know the, those miniatures are so or, what if it's a bretonian cool. like lady of the lake oh okay i'll go with that I'll go oh with i'd that. be in yeah. that that would immediately be collector item for me these like warmer plus exclusive minis are really really cool i see them every now and then pop up at the the front line give me secondhand shop and i am guilty of buying one of each already uh i really like them so gw pre-orders this week uh looks like space marine the vanguard task force is going up that was that, that. seems like old right like that seems like it was from yes but edition. the suppressors in this kit yeah. The only way you could get them before was in the eighth edition starter set or yeah. in this Vanguard box. So there they have go. reproduced this box. And so those models are now available again. Not so that they're good. super like OP or, or meta defining, but it it was an odd omission from the Space Marine range. Yeah. So you so you get those things, you get a bunch of other, I guess you got the sniper guys in there too, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know, Blade Guard. I don't know. You get a bunch of cool stuff. No, you don't get Blade Guard. It's all like Phobos stuff, right? Or yeah, it's, it's a whole Phobos unit. Okay, sweet. So so that's a cool box. You're also getting the Captain Lieutenant from the Dominus box. Mm -hmm. Master Possession is coming uh, for pre-order. But Kill Team Annual 2023, this has basically everything you need to play yep. Kill Team. All the new rules uh, for all the new factions that they've added. And now they're releasing a lot of those factions as standalone units. You're getting the Felgor Ravenger. Which, which are basically just beastmen, guys. We don't need these fancy names. Just call them what they are, beastmen. Uh, so you get beastmen. You get the Hand of the Archon, which is the, the Drukhari one. You get some salvagers, which I believe are the Votan dudes with a minigun. Yeah, yeah. And Inquisitor Those agents. Definitely Votan. So you can start using these in 40K as GW constantly likes to remind us. The rules for 40K are always kind of a little like they're they're okay. They're, they're not yeah. like you have to get them. But the middle of the models are cool and definitely add a lot of flavor to your 40k army. Yeah. I mean, night players would argue that the exaction squads are, are open. Oh, so. Yeah, good point, They're, good point. E oftentimes when we find these units uh, drifting over commonly into 40k armies, it's not because of the, the rules they provide, but it's the access to cheap bodies. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to the FLG blog for the full rule preview, uh, rules previews on all these new kill team uh, sets. There, we have a nice article there. Uh, but yeah, the Inquisitor agents is kind of cool because you know, like I, I have high hopes, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but I have high hopes that we'll get a Imperial agent slash Inquisitor codex standalone thing. I really, 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 really want that. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. I have no inside knowledge about this, but there was one at one point, right, Seth? At one point, there was yeah, a, there yeah, was. That existed. I think I think they you have to be careful with imperial agents because there's there's so many imperial armies that you could have those attached yeah. to um i like the idea of of writing a standalone codex because then rather than i take this inquisitor from this rule set and i go attach him to a codex of a different rule set you could say hey here's the inquisitor and then he can take these units but they might have certain rules or points modifications like taking guardsmen or sisters of battle or space marines but they might have certain modifications Oh, hey, Seth, we got somebody in chat talking to us. What, what, what's going on there? Yeah, uh, Jordy is talking about that uh, they're really pushing a lot of Bretonians for the launch of the old world. So he's thinking that maybe that's going to be the exclusive model. It's almost like I said, it could be like a Lady of the Lake. Yeah, and we could. Yeah. I mean, I'd be for it. There, there was a Lady of the Lake model at one point, right? There definitely was. was some. Yeah, right. That, that existed. All right. It, time it for, it was for everyone's favorite segment, though. Seth, I, I, I know you love this, but Nikki D has to talk about it. It's it's nerd news, guys. I'll Nikki be back. D, yeah. All right. Seth, go, go, go get a drink. Nikki D, take it away, man. I know you're very excited for something to, to share with us tonight. This okay. is everybody's everybody's one week warning or countdown clock yeah star wars ahsoka on disney's disney plus <laughs> starts a week from today two episodes on release i am pretty sure that i'll be watching both those episodes first thing in the morning next yeah. next wednesday so i'm very excited we've talked about it before is first your boss listening to this show <laughs> no he's like she, watching all this she, she does she does not no no she does not she knows she knows i do this every wednesday night um <laughs> When I meet with her on Thursday morning, she knows why I'm usually a little bit more tired than most days. That is for sure. Oh, yeah, I will probably be watching Ahsoka because I, I, I don't want to wait. I, I want to see. And we're going to find out if it's episode one that Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn is, is shown off live and in person. Uh, I mean, for anyone who's a longtime Star Wars fan, they know Thrawn. I think he's personally the greatest villain. He's in the blue the Star guy, Wars right? Universe. He's the blue yes, man? I, okay. Yep. Everybody knows Vader. Everybody knows Palpatine. Um, we kind of try to forget Lord Snoke. And oh, some of the folks yeah, from the newer weird. ones, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I mean, but Thrawn to me is a league above every other Star Wars villain. So finally getting to see him live in the flesh is what I'm really excited. OK, so are you, I know are you guys going to be huge, watching? Well, you're a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, not to your same caliber. I mean, like I'm, I'm huge. Like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like I name my like I name my son like Han if I if my wife would allow me to, you know, but but I don't I don't think that's ever gonna happen. What, what about a future daughter named Leia? I mean, 100 percent. Hell yes. Hell yes. Like I would do that. Unfortunately, my future daughter that is coming in like two weeks, basically, has already got a name chosen. That is not Leia. Sadly, how much uh, room is there for negotiation? <laughs> like, could it be a middle name? Can we go? Can we go? That is a middle name. Is it? no. My wife's like, no, no. But even go with, like Carrie, you know, as in Carrie Fisher. Oh, in there we go. There Leia, go. Right? Like, yeah, there we go. That's good. I don't and, like. And if I made that comment, she probably my wife wouldn't realize that that was a connection <laughs> to Star Wars at all. She just let it fly. Um, yeah. But uh, I really, really, really did call one of my first RVs a Millennium Falcon for a very long time. And yeah, let's just move on, uh, Seth. But you are not as big of a Star Wars geek as as Nikki D and I are. 
but you've seen the hype for Shoka because you're in the same geek world universe that we have. Have you seen this hype? Like, do you, are you at all like stoked to see this? Like, is this something you're going to try and see next week for sure? Or is it kind of like, uh, cause they're hyping this. I up wouldn't have even known about it. If Nikki, Oh shit. No way. Really? Cause I, 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 my star Wars nerddom is very focused to the, to the, I guess now 10 movies. Yeah. Cause I didn't see this whole film. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. So the nine plus rogue one. That's what I see. That's oh my gosh. Okay. It's not one what of those. About, I probably don't know it. Seth, right. what about Star Wars Legos? Have you have you have you played any <laughs> Star Wars Lego video games or any of those those movies? I don't, I never clicked with the Lego video games. Okay. The Star Wars Legos as a collector's item, like I think I like them more than the action figures at this point. Just just saying. Um, okay. Well, Ashoka, a lot of hype. Hope it's not overhyped because that's always my fear, right? If they hype it too much. Your expectations are not realistic. Uh, but you know what are realistic? I, I was trying to do this transition to be all sexy and sweet and smooth, but it just didn't work. I was gonna say, what, what is really hype, <laughs> worth getting hyped and is going to be just as realistic as the events that we're going to be talking about right now? But yeah, no, the Frontline Game events, SoCal is doing really, really good. I want you guys to know because I'm getting bugged about it a lot. The, the Frontline Gaming uh, packet, the 40K packet for SoCal should be live next week. We're trying mm-hmm. to finish out the the terrain rules and whatnot. Now, more importantly, we got to talk about the LVO right here because we have a very big announcement. We've got the LVO Club Pass. It is finally going to be live tomorrow. Yes, you're hearing it first tonight, Wednesday night here in Signals, but tomorrow you'll be able to, to sign up for this. Now, you know FLG is all about the community, and, and, and we are of the community. We're for the community, and, and this particular thing we're launching is really for all those clubs that are coming in from around the country, mm-hmm. around the world to go to LVO. So now, whether you're, does this have to be some sort of formal club with like a charter and a uniform? No, dude. Whether you're a competitive gaming team or just a group of guys that are all traveling to LVO together, you, you, just this pass is going to let you check in quickly and get you a bunch of perks. So like this is a club, but it could also be a team. It could just be a bunch of your your, your neighborhood buddies. It could your, literally your just local be a playground. Group that your local to play group, it could be your brother-in-law. I don't, I don't want to make a difference. There's no, no real hard definition of what a club okay, is. Okay. But we use the word club because some game systems, because this is not just for 40k. This could work for X-wing as well. Okay. Um, some game systems have clubs more than they have teams. So we're trying to use a term that is is all. In, in system all. agnostic you system, might say. Yeah, exactly right so um actually i want to hear you say that because i don't think system agnostic very good all right. <laughs> I, I learned good today all right there we go big word for the day thank you so much i hope i get a gold star at the end of the show you um do. so club leaders basically buy this pass and it gets them a bunch of perks for their members so a club leader buys the pass they get their member their team club mates whatever to sign up for this be part of their club, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a formal document you'll set up with. And basically, this gets the club leader to go through the VIP reg line at check-in. For, so they can then go to straight to the front of the line, check in for the whole club, and then the whole club can go right into the to the hall and don't have to go through that long line, which, Seth, I, I know that that line is big. Um, it, so that will be quite large. <laughs> it will, right? Uh, on top of that, the club is going to get this really sweet banner that we're going to be putting in the Hall of Champions. So this banner will have your club's logo on it. And then at the end of the event, you get to bring it home. It's one of those cool pop-up self-standing banners. You'll also get a bucket of beer. And this is the really cool thing we just added in literally yesterday. With this pass, you're going to get access to totally custom club merch at a, comp- at a very special discounted price for you to pick up at the LVO. So if you're coming in from, I don't know, Australia, and you want some sick custom team merch, say objective markers, dice, all that stuff, you'll be able to get it for a very, very special price from Frontline Gaming and to pick up at the LVO. So get your club pass starting tomorrow, which is Thursday. Yay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth, I know that, that you're part of the Vanguard Tactics team. You know, mm -hmm. yep, yep. I, I, I know Box. They're gonna have they're gonna have one of these. So, so Vanguard Tactics guys will have a little uh, advantage to get in there. Nikki D, you got some it, it, kicker. Hold on, kicker. Are you saying that I can't physically enter LVO until registration begins? Oh no, no, no. You're you're working, dude. You're supposed to be there two days before. Okay, uh, unloading trucks with me, uh, <laughs> Nikki D. You got. Your I was like, am I out of all the pre-event work? No, 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 no. You're there, man. Uh, Nikki D. You've got some. Do you have a formal club on the East Coast, like the Flannel Fans or something? I don't know. You've got. To have uh, a... You know, I I don't. I've talked with some guys locally for me. I, I live in the Washington D.C. area. I've talked with some guys about setting up a club. I, I've been for a couple of years part of Team Battle Brothers. Yeah. As well, so usually, like even if I'm at an event, um, I'm listed as Team Battle Brothers and BCP. One thing I would note for folks, if you if you, I mean we all use BCP for events, right? I mean, kicker, we use BCP yeah, for the FLG events, right? In your profile, you know, you can set a team name for yourself, yeah. and like there, and you can save different because I know there are some guys like our friend, uh, our friend Dean, um, who I saw earlier in chat, who's always got the Tyranids, um, like he's part of Mayhem Gaming in North Carolina. So for local events, he'll list as that at an FLG event, like he'll list as part of uh, Hobby Goblins, since he's yeah. part of that crew as well. So like depending upon the event, you can you know very easily when you're signing in or checking in, you can have that set, so you don't have to update it every time. I, I definitely yeah. recommend that. And, and if you were looking for a group in your region, uh, there, Nikki D, I know some extraordinary gentlemen that would have you. Oh, that I do. Uh, I know yeah. that JC's uh, put on a bit of a, re a recruit recruiting uh, pitch there as well. Um, I may have to have some if I if I go that way. I may need to have like they need uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, they need to like bribe you. They need some incentives. Yeah. yeah oh, like, sure. Yeah, bribe. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like, I mean, the incentive pretty... is that's the club I started. That's the incentive. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll well, what what I'm thinking though is like they would need to do a new line of jersey that oh, is like they... flannel flannel pattern. That's oh, there we go. Want, that, I'm so the, they do want... so many jerseys. I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure you said flannel jersey, <laughs> and by tomorrow, JC is going to message you with a with you know here's the proof. Do you what size do you want? <laughs> So if you uh, want me to join your team, send me a proof of a flannel uh, 40K jersey for, for the team and uh, we can get to talking about sold. that. That's the moral, moral of that story. But, <laughs> I've always yeah. thought, you know, it would be cool because everyone's doing the team jerseys and they're almost always like the esports or soccer style jerseys. I personally love like either like the bowling shirts or like yes. the pinstripe baseball jersey look. Yes, yes. There's you know, a some, something like that a little the... bit, a little bit different. I understand that those two particular jerseys don't particularly breathe as nicely as like the the esports jersey style and that is important but also on the same hand or on the other hand kicker it might be better if some of our players shirts didn't breathe very yeah, well to right. maybe contain. Little... <laughs> i know i certainly can uh develop a bit of an odor uh <laughs> if i'm having a particularly hot and sweaty day i believe the west coast uh corsairs do have uh baseball pinstripe and they look like they look amazingly snaggy snazzy i always like the, the work shirt like me mechanic shirt with your name patch you know like hi you know my name is bob you know i don't know i but yes i think your that name is not bob it's kicker it's kicker yeah i know but you know i don't know I, i've always liked the work shirt vibe but i you know what we we need a team right? we need like the signals team shirt i don't know we'll figure this out um long story short though guys there's a lot of teams coming in from around the world for many different game systems at lvo and now those teams have, you know, some perks because they're bringing all their, their club members. And we don't want them to have to wait in line. We want them to go and have fun. So so check this Ooh, out. Uh, this, is, yeah, shoot. Uh, this might be spinning off into our, our next topic. Oh, we're doing but, a tangent here. Okay, cool. Um, talking about jerseys, one of the, the traditions at WTC that I would love to see take off at, at some other events, maybe like LVO, is teams that do jersey swaps. Oh. Like okay. they, you, they intentionally order extras. 
of their jersey. And then when they're there and they play another team, they, you know, hey, yeah, it was a good game here. Have my jersey, you know, trade jerseys. And it, it sounds like a lot of fun. So, you know, there are definitely some different body sizes that have to be taken into account there. Um, but that could be kind of fun. No, yeah, that, that would be really cool. I really do want to encourage more teams, clubs, organizations to come because it makes the event so much more fun when you come to any event, whether it's LVO or a regional event like Cherokee. It's so cool to have your your crew Kicker. show up. And actually, an important uh, on-topic question oh, here okay, for the club pass. Is there a right. minimum number of players that need to be? Okay, so this is really cool. There is no minimum. Obviously, if you're getting one, so there's a price for the pass, right? So the yep. more people you have, the, the the cheaper per person, I guess, that they're paying. So it's a pass. flat price for the pass. It's a flat pat price for the pass. And then for gotcha. each additional member, there's a $5 fee. So uh, it's, it's basically, I think it's $150 for the pass and includes the banner and all that stuff. And then you can have one guy and just $5 additional, or if you have 25 guys, you know, uh, gotcha. and that, yeah, it's, it's actually a really cool little system um, that will allow everyone to basically skip that line and go check in really quickly. It, it was, it was, it's hard because we didn't really want to take the high rollers are the only ones that have access to the VIP line. So we didn't want to dilute the value of their things. We're actually bringing in another line for, these uh these clubs they have kind of a special club vip line so yeah it'll be fun uh signal short oh it's time for our signal short oh geez we're doing that we'll have 30 seconds to answer a question that i think nikki d is gonna be reading to us yep we will just as soon as i actually put up the right 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 no, we, slide, we have a slide, we have a slide. Oh, multitasking here multitasking. And, uh, we have a designated yeah, signals right. short slide yeah, uh nothing sexy but it works um inspired by my viewing of john wick 4 on my flight yesterday time time is just a contract that we deal with people um but our our signal short question for today guys keanu reeves if he is going to play a role in a warhammer tv or movie project who or what should he play uh, i have the answer for this it's very obvious he should play cypher oh um, you know hooded pistol building character yeah, that's, that's... but i want to point out that in the notes it says uh kenny reeves kenny reeves yeah i was like who the hell's that guy that's okay that's okay kenny this is his brother less famous brother <laughs> less famous. <laughs> uh, that's probably who we would get for warmer pluses is keanu reeves <laughs> less famous brother kenny uh, reeves. Uh, okay so what uh, if it's just keanu reeves the fake mustache <laughs> on top yeah. of his all his normal mustache like it's, it's it's Keanu Reeves, but like cosplaying as Kenny Powers from uh, oh, <laughs> Eastbound and Down, like playing in yeah, the in layers the here. We're going layers here. Uh, I think I think Seth, you're you're, you're pretty spot on. I was going to go with kind of like a Drukari character kind of thing. He's you know I he can be violent and he's got like he he's he's got like long hair sometimes. I don't know. I, I have no freaking clue. I mean, generally as a character, like as an actor, he's not very like he plays stoic characters very well. Stoic. He's not very emotive. Yeah. So, you know, you wanted someone that's kind of like aloof and mysterious. Aloof and, yeah. And also good with guns or pistols, yeah. which is, you know, Safer, I believe, has, has his two pistols, right? Or at least, yeah, right? He's got totally two makes sense. There we go. Problem solved. Uh, Nikki, did, did you have a, a, a thought on this? Do you have somebody you thought yeah. that you would? No. It's kind of the same category. My, my preference would be Keanu Reeves in a Warhammer Old World or Age of Sigmar uh, project. Mm -hmm playing an inquisitor or witch hunter oh so, yes yes basic concept but i would want him in the more high fantasy realm yeah. um but him if we're talking 40k him playing an inquisitor like i can definitely see him dual wielding pistols as an inquisitor like going yeah. after you know sort of thing so yeah we're, we're all in kind of the same vibe here um especially like if, if this was uh like in his 20s 
like when he's doing point break Keanu Reeves, then I maybe go yeah. something for a little bit more high adventure. But like Keanu Reeves, <laughs> I am an FBI him. agent. <laughs> <laughs> we want something a little bit more playing to his strengths, dual wielding pistols, you know, a little bit mystery sort of thing. So I, I think we're all on the same page. I love it. I love it. Uh, Seth, why don't you take us into our main segment for the night? All right. So uh, for those of you that didn't hear from us last week and you were under some sort of 40K rock, uh, this past week was the WTC, which is the World Team Championships of 40K. Um, that started, actually, believe it or not, a week ago Tuesday, uh, and it finished on Sunday uh, because they run both a singles tournament called the War Master and a teams tournament. Um, so uh, it was actually it was in Mechland, uh, Belgium, um, and it was this year uh, much more visible in terms of the community than it has been in any previous year because they ultimately ended up having four well five streams a english game stream on war games live a french stream a german stream a spanish stream and then the contact loss group did kind of event wide coverage in english so you know how all the teams are doing kind of in between round discussion um so tons and tons and tons of content out there uh for for people to consume and and giving everyone kind of a, a feeling for what this event is like. Cause in the past it, I've heard good things about these team events, particularly this, this one or its former iteration at the ETC, but I've never been able to see it and, and kind of get the on ground experience. So uh, let's just talk about the war masters real quick. This was, it was a 300 player event, which is already like, that's pretty damn good. You know, that's a big event, right? Kicker 300 that's, player. That's That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, but uh it was a literal shark tank because it was all the top players from each country that made their their country team coming in and a lot of them were playing in this event before the team's event there were some players that went over there and played in just that event but the majority of the players in the the war masters were players that were preparing for the team's event they might not be playing their list from the team's event but they were playing were supporting their country team. So we had some really big, uh, brutal uh, shark tank going on there. Um, so in terms of final placings, um, we had Thomas Woback coming in at first place. Uh, he's from Austria okay. and he was running Eldari. Uh, Fred Otto out of Germany, a uh, friend of mine, uh, he uh, took second place in, in the finals. Uh, he was also running Eldari. If you watch this game on stream, it was all over the place because they took 45 minutes for deployment kicker. Oh uh, yeah. So they're doing all like, cause they're being super like the first, basically it's two Eldari players. So the first guy that blinks dies. Yeah. Um, the first guy that, you know, sticks his, his little, you know, pointy elf ear out the side of a building is evaporated. Um, <laughs> So it was a lot of like that kind of gamesmanship positioning. So it was like in the beginning, a very slow moving game. And then once they hit like turn three, it just like they flew through that game. Yeah. Um, it so it was Eldar game. versus Eldar on the finals. Oh, wow. Third place uh, was our friend Quentin Johnson uh, from the US. He was also playing, can you guess a kicker? Oh, don't say it. No. Eldar. No. Okay. Yeah, the top three oh, were Eldar there in the singles. Um, so uh, reflected by the, the meta watch data that we've seen earlier. Uh, unfortunately, they're they're uh, been overpowered there. Um, we have Alexandra Seiko from France uh, bringing uh, Chaos Space Marine list that managed to get into fourth place, which is just 
damn impressive for Chaos Space Marines. Um, and then Innes Wilson of Scotland was uh, he was in the team's event with a Dark Angels list, but for the singles he played Death Watch uh, to fifth place. And then kicker, uh, f- a friend of ours uh, who God bless this man went over and played in the singles. And then volunteered as staff for the team's event. Uh, TJ Lanigan uh, from the U.S. went over and managed to take sixth place with T-Suns. Wow. Um, so, and uh, then spent the rest of his vacation in Mechland working for the WTC. So, can, can we just take a step back, though, really fast? How badass is this? We have, okay, the top five. Let's go top five. Each from a different part of the world. Like, that's so cool, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, the only yeah. country in the, yeah, the top five are all different countries. Austria, Germany, U.S., France, Scotland. And to, to be honest, um, like Alexandra Seiko is not a name I've I've no. seen or heard before, but that's because I'm in the U.S. meta. He's in France. Yeah. Not a lot of crossover. So it's really cool to see these players from other countries. Kicker, would you believe that like there is a huge support for the French wargaming scene to the point where I was told the French team had a, a budget of five figures? Oh, wow. Jeez. That was funded by the community. Wow. Um, wow. speaking of teams, the teams are a big deal. Um, these are eight man teams, not five man teams. Uh, in the U S uh, we had five man team events for the most part, like ATC, the Las Vegas teams event. I think battle for salvation is usually a five man team event. There's not many. Eight oh, man Seth, I, I got to stop you right there. Uh, a chat's asking if the French were the team that I, brought their own chef. Is that, is that, a I, well, I, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, but the, so as, as I'm saying, you know, eight players playing, but that's not the whole team. There were teams that brought their own chefs. There were teams that brought their own physical therapists kicker. Wow. Um, wow. Most teams had multiple coaches. And the coaches provided logistical support in terms of like making sure the players knew where they were supposed to be at what time, making sure they got to the venue on time. So kind of admin support on that end, but also like in the round, making sure you eat and drink and like bringing you like here, you kicker. It's like bringing you tea when you start getting hoarse at an event. So like (laughs) there was literally like, I'm going to make sure you eat and drink and don't fall over. Um, So that like that kind of stuff, as well as actually managing the team in the in the round in terms of uh, players predicting scores, which in teams event, it's usually they're they're using a differential system. So basically for by you and I play kicker, uh, say you win because you have guard and you blew my orcs up. And I'm really good. I'm just much better than you. So I'm always going to win. So if if you and I, if our final score is within five points of each other or for within four points of each other. It's a 10-10 draw. Yeah. So each of our teams will get 10 points. For every five points you win by, it shifts one point. So if you win by five points, so it's say it's 75 to my 70, it would be a nine or a, sorry, an 11 point win for you and a nine point loss for me. My point, my team will get nine points. So the worst you can get is 20 and that's where you beat someone by 50 points. Yeah. So even if you're losing, people are scrapping for their points because they're trying to bring points back to their team. As a whole, your team has to get to 86 points to win the round. If your team gets between 75 and 85 points, you tie the other team. So you get a draw. So there are, Coaches are running around, listening to their players. So kicker, you and I are, are paired up in a team event. You predict I'm supposed to relax Seth because I've got all this guns. Uh, so I'm saying I'm going to get a 15-5 win. Kicker's going to beat me. Um, but 
mid round, I connect with like 30 charges and you're like, Oh crap, this game is swinging. You might tell your, your, your coach, Hey man, I'm not going to get a 15, five. I'll be lucky to get a 10, 10. So then the coaches go around the other players and try to find who has a pairing where maybe they can try to squeeze more points out of the pairing. And then they go tell them that, Hey, we need you to play more aggressively because kickers behind on his game and you got to pick up the points he's dropping. So there's a lot of strategy. And I mean, I'm sorry, I'm so naive, but I really just don't track this. I mean, how realistic is it that a player is able to squeeze more points out of their game? Like, wouldn't you want to squeeze as many points as that you could? Like, I mean, I don't know. It I mean, depends, I guess you could it depends on the game. So, sake of argument, let's say um, I'm I'm playing. Uh, let's try to think of a good kind of. I, mean, I know these are one. skilled players, right? So I know yeah. that they can do. They, they have way more control over their game than I would. But I just feel like, like if if you're if your coach is telling you to do better, like I'm already trying my hardest, coach. You, you know, what I mean. Well, so it, it it does affect play style. So sake of argument, the U.S. team was on stream. I want to say the fourth or fifth round against Poland. Okay. Um, and there were two games. Uh, one of them, the one that we'll talk about, is Custodes versus Custodes. Um, and that was John Lennon playing and John Lennon saw the opportunity that John could either sit back and play defensive and probably get a a small win, you know, 11 to nine or 12 to eight. But if he plays aggressive and, and teleports a bunch of stuff up and tries to hit some long charges, he could 20 0 his opponent. So when he saw the opportunity, he asked his coaches, Hey, I have an opportunity to try to get a 20 0 here. Do we need me to take it? You know, I might miss and I might end up, you know, losing. But if we if it's, hey, if I, you know, if me getting a 12-8, we still lose as a team or me getting a 20 we win as a team. Is it worth it? And so th- those judges or th- those coaches can know what's going on on the other tables and say, hey, yeah, John, we are behind. We need you to take the risk. Yeah. We need you to play aggressive and try to go for the throat and go for the knockout punch. Cool. So there, there are certainly opportunities, but. It also depends on your matchup. So if sake of argument, you know, we, you know, we pair eight games kicker and my team is like six of our games are big, solid wins. We should be fine. And then uh, you kicker are just like, I'm not going to die. I'm going to roll amazing on saves. And whoever you're playing is like, crap, this is supposed to be an easy win for me. And then kickers just his tanks won't die. Yeah. Um, they might say to the coach, hey, that was supposed to be an easy win for me. But the dice are skewing. It's not I'm not going to win this game. I'm drawing bad cards kickers roll and saves like a like a stone yeah. uh, he stonewall jackson you know a stonewall kicker <laughs> you know so there might be situations like that pop up we've all had games like that from an individual standpoint where we're like this should be an easy win for me but something happened or i miss i misunderstood the situation this player outplayed me and i got caught in a trap uh things like that so there are certainly opportunities there uh but uh, this is the part where I, I've already reached out to the the winners of this particular event, and I apologize to them because I'm going for everyone's fun. Try to pronounce every member of the team oh, Poland geez. players. So, so, so Poland is the winning team. Yes, Poland everything. won. So Poland came in first place. They are like the powerhouse, the perennial champs. They are six zero and one. Um, they, uh, I mean, you can talk to Adam Camilleri about all the statistics, but basically they're the team to beat. They're the team that literally starts prepping for each WTC the day after the last one finishes. Yeah. Um, so they are the template for, for a strong team. And I'll go through their names in a second. In terms of uh, other placings, kicker, USA came in yeah, second place. USA. Um, USA. They came in at 5-0-2, oh, so they had two draws. One of those draws was against Poland, okay. and one of those draws was against Team England. Um Australia, who was last year's winner, 
ended up coming in third place at five, one and one withdraws to Belgium and a loss to France. Uh, Sweden came in at five and two, and then England came in fifth place at four, one and two. Um, now who are your members? I'm going to start off with the easy one. I'm going to warm up with USA. Uh, and, and also what armies are they playing? Because that's the interesting part. There's a few good armies. If you go back to that metadata, there's four or five top armies and you're going to see those repeated, but it's what else does the team bring that sort of shakes things up? Um, so Anthony Vanella on team USA brought chaos space Marines, uh, Eric Forsman uh, brought Gene Steeler cult. Jack Harpster took a list that everyone was kind of confused about. He took Grey Knights. Grey Knights. Jaime Paris took Death Watch. John Lennon on Custodes. My boy, the little war boss, Lukic Troller, was there with Orcs. Um, Max Shutman took the obligatory Eldari. And the captain himself, Sean Naden, took Tyranids. Wow, we did not see Naden taking Nids. Jeez. No one no one did. All right. Um, and he won all but one of his games. Well, wow. And and um, for those that are not familiar, Sean Naden is a very accomplished Eldari player. Very, and played, very. Played a little Orcs as well recently. Yep, but, yeah. And yep, you know, before the... Before, Things were public. I was talking with Team USA and knew they were working on taking an orc list and they wouldn't tell me who the pilot was. And they were like, you should guess. And I was like, I'm going to guess Sean. And they were like, no, it's not Sean. Because oh, um, I knew uh, some of the other players have been working on other armies as well. Now, Poland, I'm going to be honest with you, Kicker. I, uh, I, I've been chatting with the, the captain and I apologize to them in advance because I will absolutely butcher these names. Now, importantly, the the captain told me that most Polish players have a nickname specifically for the fact that non-Polish people cannot pronounce their names. That's very so nice. So I have inserted nicknames where applicable as a middle name here to give myself a break from pronouncing their names. Okay, I like it. So uh, for Poland, uh, they had Jacob Skark Wartrowski. Uh, and Skark is one of the longest running players at uh, the ETC and WTC, like over a decade in attendance. Oh, wow. And he was playing guard kicker. Yeah. Would you like to know which player most points out of the entire yeah, I, I, in the guard circles we've all been very very proud to Skark. see this happen unfortunately I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his list apparently it's a lot of artillery kind of kind of, kind of now playing. importantly i would point out that if this is a man that has been going for over a decade and has scored the most points out of anyone at the entire event it might certainly be the pilot more than the list yeah yeah of course of course yeah so but i just like the list was a lot of artillery and i was like oh maybe i can like take that no that list is not a list i want to run yeah. he did have hellhounds though and i'm just saying hellhounds are he cool. uh from my understanding he went at one point used uh weapon carriage batteries to score behind enemy lines oh well that's 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 savvy that's that's cool i like that i don't need <laughs> which i'm like that's just flexing on someone at that yeah, point i like that i like that that's cool um now th- our next one is <sighs> she's good luck Ms. cj crazy man tazinski on tau <laughs> uh i've been told that uh perhaps uh they in hindsight maybe didn't take the tau um their captain uh, is uh, Pumba Gazikis. Okay. On T Suns. Um, they have Michael Duda on uh, Eldari, which I know everyone calls Duda. So that's nice and easy to pronounce. Thank you, uh, Michael, for making your name easy. Uh, Patrick Mason Make on Gene Stutter Cult. Tomas Guido Garwoski on yeah, Necrons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor Schmidt on Custodes. And this one's fun. Lucas Luizo Lazuski oh, on sorry. Dark Angels. We guys, we do respect you guys. We, we just, we just I, I've already reached out to the team and apologized. He's trying his hardest. I, we, I was like, apologize. I'm going to read your names out. 
but I will butcher all of them, yeah. and I am sorry in advance. I apologize to them. I told the U.S. team I'm not apologizing. Well, well mad applause to those guys for so, winning yeah. it. You know, super well excited. Done. And and kicker, here's the fun question I have for you: Are these any names that you've ever seen before? Oh no, not at all. And it just shows how small our our vision, yeah. our view so, is. Right? We, we look at new, uh, we look at the USA, but there's it's a big wide world out there with very accomplished 40k players. Yeah. So these are super accomplished players that are in the European meta that I am. I, I'm hopeful that we can start kind of through the work that Joe did with war games live, uh, and, and some other opportunities that might come up down the line, get the, the, the bigger spotlight on this international community, because there is so much beyond what we do here, uh, and frontline here in the U S, uh, to kind of take in and experience. Um, I know personally, I'm trying to see if a trip next year to, to Belgium is in the cards for me. Um, I don't know quite what I would do once I get there, because uh, I don't think I'm of the caliber to to play on the national team. But I might, you know, see if maybe they need some help on the the support end, or maybe just show up and try to play in the singles in the Warmaster. But it is that this uh, experience for me, just watching, was enough that I want to go check it cool. out myself. Cool. Um, I know there was a bit of a community poll uh, yes. done in regards to teams. So uh, uh, we're planning right now to figure out what we're doing for 2024. I know it seems mm -hmm. like it's a way away, away, but it's, it's not. not. It's soon, guys. We're working on it. So we're trying to figure out what we want to do in, in the fall, autumn time of 2024. And one of those things is adding a, an event. Now, we did do the Las Vegas team tournament in the past two years. We didn't have it this year. But, you know, what do we do in 2024? So we wanted to see, you know, on, on the Friendly Gaming Community group, we post these polls. And the poll question was teams. Do we do a team event or do we stay with a single event? And if we do a team event, what size teams do we do? Three, five, eight as the WTC is, or do we just make it a doubles format kind of thing? Nikki D, do you have the results for us, man? What do, what do people go for? Yes, I do. So for those that are watching the show and seeing the stream, you can see the poll results. If you add up the numbers, they don't add to 100% because uh, kicker people kept adding locations as options for where yeah. they want to see an event. I will leave it to you to uh, scout out those locations as potential options. But um, far and away, though, the, the option that was most popular, and again, this FLG, largely U.S.-based events, U.S.-based players for, for yeah, those, yeah. Um, most, of the, the, most of the votes were for five-player team, was cool. for a five-player yeah. team event. Um, cool. Seth, you already referenced it. Most team events here in the United States are based on five players. So, uh, you know... Uh, WTC is eight players um, that had a lower percentage of the vote. Um, three player teams also not huge in terms of the numbers that are there. Um, people still want to see singles events. There's other options that are there, but um, definitely some some definitely some strong opinions for folks yeah. wanting to see more team events um, that are here in, yeah. in the U.S. and having expansion. I, I'm definitely interested in giving teams a shot again as a player. Um, I, you know, in the past I've had some mixed feelings about teams. Um, I may have said that I think it's bad for the community, but, um, <laughs> I I'm willing to give it a shot again. I'm interested. I want to give it a try. Um, I've, I'm talking to some folks about seeing about making some things happen. So I, from, from talking with Joe, cause I've talked with Joe a bunch about his, his, his experience over at, at WTC. There's a strong argument to be made for eight over five because of usually how the meta shakes out with like five usually top armies. So when you do a five man team, you end up seeing a lot of the same five types of armies again. It's when yeah. you expand to eight is when you start seeing some of those weird choices like between the Poland and the US. There was a, a fair number of repetition, but US didn't have guard. Uh, 
Poland didn't have orcs. U.S. didn't have Tau. It just gets logistically challenging, though. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know if I have. I mean, I have a lot of friends, but I don't know if I have eight people that I'd want to like. Yeah, you know, count and, on. And that's to go the to balancing act. Yeah, you know, definitely five is easier to organize than eight. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, from personal experience with with five man teams in the past, sometimes it's even hard just to get the five to the event. Sometimes yeah. you got to find fill-ins there. So um, that's the balance. You know, is it more army diversity because of a larger team or less army diversity, but easier to, to field a team. Um, and I'd say the poll pretty clearly shows that the community wants yeah. it to be a five community man wants five man team events. Cool. Cool. Seth, why don't you take us into the frontline entertainment news? What's, what's going on across the network? So I wanted to announce last week, I, I made a little shout out to our friends over at the Fury's finest, uh, MCP podcast. Um, the Fury's finest and I've officially joined the fray as a full fledged affiliate. Um, I was working with them today. We're going to be getting their links set up. So if you're into some some MCP podcast audio content, go check those boys out. Uh, Jesse's a great guy. I had a nice, uh, good chat with him recently. Um, they definitely have their eye on what is is happening in the competitive community of MCP right now. So that's super cool. Um, I've plugged them before. I'm going to plug them again. Go back and watch uh, Joe's coverage on uh, from War Games Live on uh, WTC. Um, I know that was a, a labor of love. I, Kicker, have streamed three days consecutively before and felt like I was going to collapse. That's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. He streamed six days in a row. Get out of here. Six days. Adam Camilleri commentated for six days straight and still had a voice. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, so go check him out. Um now, now our friends over at Grim After Dark, they, t- they took a little bit of hiatus because their producer, Dickie, got kind of sucked into WTC and he wasn't around. So, uh, you know, they, they're back from their hiatus. Um, that, that's about it from the, the uh, entertainment news. Uh, community Spotlight, before we get into our, our community hobby progress, I do want to share our condolences here uh, from Frontline Gaming. Um, some of you, uh, particularly the folks in the Texas meta, might have, have heard that uh, a prominent member of the meta, uh, Viet Nguyen, um, who runs uh, a painting studio called Sensei Swag, um, he's at tons of events. He unfortunately passed away this uh, past week from a, a unfortunate accident. Um, they, the Texas community is kind of organizing a, a community wake for him. So if you want to be involved in that, reach out to Clifton Russell. Uh, he, he's kind of the, the point person there. So uh, we're very sorry to hear about his passing. And I did want to, to make a mention of that tonight. Um, with that being said, uh, we do want to celebrate some painting because Viet was always about living life for the fullest and doing ridiculous paint jobs. So I thought let's pull up some paint jobs to, to kind of honor him. Our first up is, uh, Jordy, uh, who's in chat tonight and told me his name is Jordy, not Gerard. Uh, uh, so Jordy Murray, uh, has Boba Fett themed nights here, kicker. Oh, those are nice. I'm a, you know, Nikki D's got to appreciate these, right? I mean, yeah, they're not, not Mandalorian, but they, I mean, you know, they, yep. I mean, same, same kind of race, I guess, right? Same, same race. Yep. Yeah. Up next, we have Nathan Sims rocking some Tau Tetras. Uh, nice little uh, quick and easy color scheme there. I love it. It pops nicely. Uh, David Chips uh, is showing off his work in progress for the Best of the West entry. Um, this is a, this is an awesome kit bash of a model because that is, I think it's the Magos. Um, but that is definitely like a power halberd from either Death Watch or Custodes. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Kit Bash. And as always, those little scenic diorama characters always look amazing. Uh, 
Uh, I threw this one in there because I knew you would appreciate a kicker. Dale Dominguez is working on some Rough Riders. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, kicker loves his cavalry. Uh, Dean Pritchard from chat. Uh, he's always working on more nids from his classic sunfish uh, colored uh, Tyranid scheme here because I always have to pick a new sea creature for his nids to be named Sea an enemy. That's the yeah. next. That's and we'll hold on to it. Um, and then finally, last week we saw one BFG model. But what if uh, we had Shane McNear give us three different sets of BFG work in oh progress gosh, photos? Uh, so that is pretty exciting to see that uh shane here has managed to get uh not just one not just two but a whole collection of models up and going Three. um i really <laughs> i want to see him play a game you have to you have to tell us how your first game goes shane so i got really excited because i was expecting world dolls big friendly giant not battlefleet gothic but i will accept what about game. doom's big effing gun oh there we go yeah that, that's that's good too that's good too all right uh, nikki d man uh are, are, have you gotten you, you know any hobby progress that you've seen recently because i know that you you see like seth and i are both like southeast we've got local players that do really cool stuff down here that we see uh, you got to go to scouting mission for the east coast we got to get like adam over on the yeah. west coast to get us some like some like close-up photos of friend stuff if you, are you going to an event this weekend are you doing anything fun this weekend no not an event this weekend i am going to nova but i've got a couple <laughs> weeks I will have Nova, you're on photo duty. You're you're on like oh, yeah, photo duty, right? I, I, I will. I'll right. be in person. I, I do have some painting I need to do this weekend in the next couple of weeks to prepare for Nova. I think I have my list locked in. Spoiler alert, folks. Yeah. No surprise here. I'm sticking with Chaos Demons. All right. Um, so I, I have a few things that I need to paint. And then I did. Oh, uh, Steph, I, I got my tickets to see Oppenheimer. Good. Oh, nice. So I'm going Friday afternoon. I, I've actually got to need uh, text message updates. Yeah. I will. Yeah, I've got. I've got yeah. a half day work on Friday, so I'm going to see a matinee showing um, on, on Friday for Oppenheimer. And when do you get very, your Barbie very... tickets? That part to be determined. Yeah. But that that is going to be. I might go <laughs> this weekend. Um, I also might go see. Uh, you guys know the band The Offspring. I might yeah, go of see course. Saturday night. Yeah. Wait, I mean, they you're, you're about to have music? a daughter. This would be an educational film for you. I think you should go see Barbie. Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I don't know. I I will be going to a tournament this weekend. I'm extremely excited to go play. I've been working my like horde of guard, and uh, I'm really, really excited. So either that or my wife will be giving birth to our child. I don't know. Whichever comes first. <laughs> if, Whichever if, if, comes first. If, if we have the baby, I'm not playing the tournament apparently, but. If the baby can stay, I in there can't for a believe bit. that. That seems like a very right, logical right. thing we'll to do, Kicker. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, what about right. you, Seth? What are you, what are you, what are you doing, man? I'm preparing for a work trip. I leave for the work one trip. more day of work here, and then tomorrow or Friday, I uh, hop on a plane and I'll be gone for a week. So, uh, I think that's about it for tonight. Any final thoughts for the evening, boys? I'm, I'm just realizing that, Kicker. If you got a kid coming early, it's just going to be me sitting, but sitting here by myself <laughs> next Wednesday. Yeah, you're doing so. this by yourself next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Chad, if someone week. wants to be a backup, uh, you know, chair <laughs> for Nikki <laughs> D, yeah, let him phone know. in a host. You know what? My wife, my wife is extremely supportive of what Kicker. I do. Don't you dare! I will. Nope. I will find <laughs> a way to stream from Holding a hotel an infant, room on a laptop. Holding an infant with a bottle. Nope, yeah, nope, there we go. Nope. I can do that. Nope. <laughs> All, All right. right. Take well, we thank you so much for joining us. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline. Have a great week, and we will see you hopefully next Wednesday with Kicker and Nikki D. Good night, guys. <laughs>